0: My name is Javril Osmond. Uh, this is called Studio One. It's a media platform that me and my friend Mike have been doing for maybe about a couple of months where we interview artists. So uh, yeah. can you just uh, very briefly just introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm Tariq and I play in the Bluestones.
0: Thank you very much. Now to begin, I knew you grew up in Windsor, so can you talk to me about that? I actually have a family out there, like cousins, and I know how Interesting it is because there's close proximity to like the American border and you can kind of get the radio. So, can yeah. you yeah? So can um, you talk to me about that.
1: It's a really great place to so have grown up. I mean, I had a pretty typical childhood, and high school experience, and I went to the University of Windsor also to do my like, undergraduate degree. Um, it's it's like a blue collar kind of hardworking town, and that's sort of reflected in the music community too because you just have a lot of like independent bands when we were coming up that would work really hard and and kind of do everything themselves, hands-on rather than referring to like management or whoever else. Um, But then living so close to Detroit, we were influenced by so much American culture, Um, sports, music, even movies, TV shows. You know, a lot of it is from the States. So we're now really just influenced by that American side of things. Um, Especially considering the fact that like downtown Detroit is literally 20 minutes away from me. So um, it's it's basically like we live in the same city.
0: Yeah, it's really yeah in close proximity. So when you were going to like school, like middle school and high school, and even earlier, was music something like you really gravitated towards, or are there moments <laughs> where it, it became a thing?
1: Well, like my my mom was a piano teacher and she okay. taught me piano at a young age, and then I kind of continued with piano, but I sort of got bored of that. And then I just I wanted to play the electric guitar. You know, like any twelve year old boy wants to be a rock star. And, um, so I picked up the guitar and I did a couple lessons and I, I liked it, but I just felt like I just wanted to do it on my own. So I just kind of kept playing the guitar just privately and I would write music privately. I wouldn't really share it. Um, I didn't really sing in front of anybody. Um, but it was a big part. Like music was a big part of me growing up. I used to just constantly have on different albums, um, you know, listening on any kind of commute I had, I would be listening to something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it would be like, I would actually remember times where I would like go to bed just listening to music just because, you know, it was such such a huge part of my life.
0: Yeah. And at what point in your life did you feel comfortable enough to kind of do songs or make songs and like tell kind of people that you really wanted to do this? Because I know like for artists, there is like a vulnerability in, yeah. in kind of like talking to people and it becoming like a thing. Do you have like an age or a time where you were like, okay, I really want to make music?
1: I think it was probably around the time that I was in second year university and like I knew Justin had played drums in a lot of bands prior to to where he was at at the time and I sort of felt, because we were friends I felt like I could share some of the music I was writing with him and he was really the only friend I had who was musically inclined so around 22, that's when I sort of came out of my shell enough to show him what I was writing and then we decided to just kind of practice and work out the songs and we had a group of about five or six songs that we felt ready to play our first show too, which I was, you know, super nervous to do. I remember even like within the first few practices, I couldn't, I could barely even sing in front of them. I was so like nervous cause I'd never done it in front of anybody yeah. else. So, um, but yeah, around age 22, 23 is when I think I sort of broke through that barrier. And then um, and I, I sort of built up the confidence to perform live, and I'm happy I
0: did. Yeah. And talking about the early times, so, like, can you when you look back on it, how were the early songs and, like, finding chemistry? Because usually artists kind of laugh about, like, how things sounded. But, like, yeah. so, how, so how were, like, the early songs?
1: Well, you can definitely tell you're, like, young songwriters, you know? Like, you kind of look back on the older stuff, and it's full of energy, and, like, you have... It's almost like we sort of didn't consider arrangement of songs as much as we considered cool things that we wanted to hear. So like some of the earlier songs are just like a mishmash of a bunch of cool riffs that we were just excited about that we just jammed into one song. Um, That would be the biggest thing. And then as we sort of matured and it became more experienced, especially myself as a songwriter, you start to think about the arrangement of music and um, sort of things that you can call back to and hooks and like you sort of see music that way as you make more and you play more music.
0: Yeah. And what I find really interesting about you is that you spent a great deal of time in school uh, when you were over at Leeds. Um, and there's kind of this thing with any person where you're balancing so many different things and it's hard to kind of juggle, let alone like decide what you really want to do. And the good, cool thing about you is, you, you know, you finished school and had that like great opportunity. Can you talk to me about what life was like around that time?
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, there was a time, I'd finished my undergraduate degree, and it was a couple years into just working um, at a clinic while still playing music, like, independently and really trying to grind out and and, and sort of develop the band, but then it got to a point where I got accepted into Leeds University for physiotherapy, and it was kind of an opportunity that I didn't want to throw away, so I jumped at it. Um, Moved to England for two years, the band sort of took a a backseat for the time, um, and I completed a master's degree in physio. And then right as we were finishing the degree, we had a call from a management company in the US that said, hey, we heard your music through Spotify and through some placements, and we'd like to sort of work with you guys um, if you don't already have management. And at yeah. first we thought it was a joke, yeah. um, but it ended up being something that actually you know, made us, or at least brought us to the point that we're at now, right now, um, both in Canada and the US and in Europe now. So it was weird, you know, like I kind of thought, in a way that it was all done. Like I would play music more as a hobby and I would be okay with that. But just when you think you're ready to sort of close the book on it, something like that comes into the scene and it totally flips the, that idea on its head. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like a really cool, like magical moment where you're kind of, uh, a lot of times really in life, there's always that like breakthrough that comes. and yeah. And like, even like when it comes to in a career or being an artist, there's so many like, calculated thinking that goes into like what you're doing and yet there's times where like the best things that happen usually come out of just the like left side like out of nowhere
1: yeah yeah when you're when you're putting everything to rest you know and a lot, a lot of people will say yeah you have to chase after things you want which is definitely true to an extent but in this case we just sort of were approached and I wish I could say there was a method to it. Probably just years of playing shows and getting your music out there on Spotify and mm-hmm. whatever other streaming platform and radio and then having a couple placements that all sort of culminated to that point even though it seemed like I wasn't really doing anything at the
0: time. Yeah. Know? Is there a story behind the name Blue Stones? Uh no. No, is, it was a, just a, a I well,
1: ask us that and I mean I wish there was a really cool story but it was just recommended to us uh, by like a friend and at the time, we were like, yeah, you know what, that works. That sounds pretty cool for now. Let's just roll with that, and we'll, we'll develop it later, and then we just never changed it.
0: That's a, that's a story in itself. Just yeah. Things just sticking, and yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, so in talking about the first album, uh, the debut, uh, when you were crafting the record, did you guys feel like, okay, this is the introduction to us, or how was the process in the first album?
1: Yeah, like... Um... I mean, typically what happens is I'll write the music. I'll write like the melodies and the riffs that go into those songs, um, as well as the lyrics and like the vocal melodies. And I'll send it over to Justin and, and see what he has as far as rhythm is concerned, like drumming. Um, I might have a drumming idea that I don't really know how to expand on, or I might not have an idea at all. And he'll sort of add that and then comment on the other aspects of the song as well. And that becomes what the music is. Um, typically, that's how we would write. But for Black Holes, it was, it was definitely, uh, it was the first time we had a group of songs where we were like, okay, this is our sound. And like I, I think we had finally settled in to something that we sound like, at least at the time, because yeah. I feel like it changes over time, right? But at the time, we finally felt comfortable with like, yeah, this is the Blue Stones, like this is our, a good first step into what we feel like we sound like. And that was after years and years of playing shows and writing music too. Um, but that process was the same, you know. I remember writing that when we were living together, and we were both kind of deciding what we wanted to do with our lives. And a lot of the theme and the content of, lyrically is revolves around that for sort of feeling of the time.
0: Yeah, and musically, um, who were some of the? Uh, I know you said music was really big for you growing up. Who musically like influenced uh, the the sonics of like just not in terms of sonics actually, just artists that you yourself listened to growing up and who you uh, listen to now in terms of, cause there are a ton of artists that like, say they st- stay in their own like world and they don't kind of listen to what's going on. So do you see it that way as well? Or what's it like for you?
1: I listen to a lot of different types of music um, and I'm influenced by a lot of different styles of music. Earlier on it was, I mean, definitely the Black Keys I'd be lying if I said they didn't influence us, you know, I mean, they were not even just because they were a duo, but just because we like the music that they yeah. made. Um, but also I listen to a lot of hip-hop, like Jay-Z, Kanye West, um, J. Cole was big. Uh, Nas was big when I was, like, sort of trying to draw influence. Um, a lot of R&B more recently, like, especially the more mainstream r and B I I really enjoy. So, like, Khalid is a big uh, – like, I'm, I, I love, absolutely love Khalid. Um, things like Tory Lanez. Um, there's just so much. Like, it just sort of Yeah, there really
0: is. Yeah.
1: Another big band that I was really influenced by was Mute Math. Um, so that's that was a band that both uh, recorded music and their live show influenced me and in the way that I wrote music, and I'm sure it influenced Justin and, um, as well, but that was a big one. Um, My Morning Jacket, and then some more classic things like Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix is big um, on us, and uh, Rolling Stones, so it, it really the list goes on and yeah. on and on. Um, some bands that I'm really hot on right now, Catfish and the Bottlemen is a big
0: yeah they're um, really good
1: and, uh, I love Foles I think they're an excellent band um, Travis Scott is kind of pushing the envelope on what it is to be a rapper now um, uh, really trying to think of other ones but off the top of my head I think that's what you know what's funny I have this playlist on Spotify
0: and yeah.
1: I sort of try to change it you know week to week and that sort of keeps me you know constantly trying to find new music and and sort of having a place where all my favorite music lives. So yeah. that's what I refer to.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really cool too, because I feel like as much as we're living in this new time where there's so much music, there's also this cool thing where there's so much to discover at the same time. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, what are your thoughts on kind of this like genreless time that we're kind of too? Because I feel like so much music is just like, you can't really say what it is sometimes. Do you yeah. kind of see that too? Yeah.
1: I, you're absolutely right. I think that's a big, um, that's a big thing that's very relevant in the music industry right now. Like, you know, I, I would, I guess, I would like to put us in a box, but I don't really see why we would. You know, like, why does somebody have to be defined into one lane and that they can't sort of branch out of? And then I also think it's kind of silly when certain artists or bands are scolded for like trying to, to sort of bend what their genre means like if you have a rock band that's starting to dabble into alternative or hip-hop or what or electronic music what have you if they're doing it tastefully then why should they be scolded for that you know
0: kind
1: of a cool thing and a cool way for a band to evolve um but it's exciting you know to be a quote-unquote rock or alt-rock band in a time where genre is really don't exist anymore i feel like i have a lot more freedom as an artist to just make the best songs that i can make regardless of what they might sound like and i feel like our upcoming album is a true testament to that because there's a lot of variety on it and it's got a blue stones feel to it but you know we dabbled from a lot of our different influences and i feel like that is what a lot of artists are doing these days and and i think that's okay i think that's great actually yeah i think
0: it's amazing it's like the expression that you want to see you don't want an artist to feel like uh, taken down a notch and kind of controlled so you talked about it just a bit just now with your upcoming album can you talk about the two singles that you've released and Mm -hmm. uh, and of course continue to talk about what you kind of see as this upcoming album is to for you guys
1: yeah, I mean, so the two shaking off the rust was like um, was our first single that we released and we pushed through radio. And I mean, we we're we we're super excited about that song from the minute that you know the demo was heard. I remember that was written at a time like more recently, actually, within the last year, where I kind of thought like I wasn't really doing anything worthwhile. I wasn't writing any quality material anymore, and I sort of felt like I hit a huge writer's block. But then I remember one morning, like where in my home I I was just kind of playing around with this easy sort of stomp beat with a nice like guitar riff that was sort of hooky, and, and it just ended up becoming a song within like the morning and I remember showing our producer Paul and he was off the like wall about it right away he was like okay we have to record that so that's the whole song is basically about feeling that maybe you're what you're doing isn't good enough or feeling like you might not be good enough yourself but sort of brushing that off and, and sort of shaking your head from that mentality and, and coming through with the confidence to, to do something great. And that's what shaking is about. Um, and it's just, it's got that, you know, it's got a lot of us in that song, you yeah. know, like he, it's got a little bit more of like that modern alt sound, but like, we love to rock out and we do it on stage a lot. And it yeah. has that grim, which was the second one um, was definitely more along the lines of what we're talking about right now, which is that genre bending. Sort of sound. I mean, I remember writing the demo for that and then listening to it, like what I had written vocally, and I was like, "Holy, am I rapping right now? Like, is that is that rap?" Yeah. um, I don't know. It just it has this really cool swagger filled vibe to it, Um, and immediately, like, I I fell in love with that song just because it sort of pushed the envelope on what we were, you know, as a rock or alt rock band. You know, this has a lot of elements from the influence that I hold dear, which was like my hip hop and some R and B roots as well. So um super excited about that song. A lot of cool things happened in the studio with that song. Like the outro just sort of happened when we were recording. And, and it was like one of those magical studio moments where it's like, wow, like, you know, out of thin air, we get to write something really cool. Um, but yeah, both of those songs, I think, are an awesome uh, example of what is in store for this upcoming album. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if people want to know what it's going to sound like, those two songs are, are pretty good. Like, I guess, yeah, like I said, examples of what the rest of the album is going to sound like.
0: Yeah. And an amazing thing, too, that you guys just got announced for uh, getting nominated for the Junos. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've read about how, like, you guys have maybe felt like you haven't gotten the Canadian recognition, recognition in some regards. And not to go into that kind of idea, but the idea of just, like, finally, at least internally feeling like, this is important for us. This means yeah. a lot. So, talk to me about why it's so important for you guys.
1: I mean, it's even just to be nominated is like such an honor. You know, your country's sort of validating what you do. Not that like you necessarily need it, but it's still nice to have it. You yeah. Know? Like um, in the past, we had felt like we had tried so hard in Canada to make things work, and for whatever reason, nothing was clicking. Um, whereas in the US, we felt like people were sort of embracing the music, and we were wondering, like, well, why doesn't Canada like it? I don't really understand. But um, yeah, the, the Juno nod was, was huge. I mean, it, we were just so excited to be included in such a great group of artists who are included in that category. And especially after the hard work we put in in 2019, the actual relevance of the category breakthrough is, is very accurate. I feel like we put in a lot of hard work this year and we made a lot of moves. And um, for the Junos, not only just to recognize us, but to recognize us in that category means that they're definitely paying attention to what we're doing. So yeah, it, it feels great
0: yeah for sure because i feel like there's truly nothing like home like getting re- recognized by your home just so you can like uh, have that i feel like is so important of course of course Yeah, it's,
1: it's a great feeling
0: yeah and now can you talk to me about what it's like currently being on tour right now in terms of performing and all yeah. of all of that
1: it's great you know like we had an amazing run in ontario and in Montreal, like all the shows were sold out, which I mean, we were absolutely thrilled about. There are some amazing shows with some amazing crowds. Um, I constantly say that we have the best fans because honestly, I feel like we do. People are just so invested in the music and they're singing every word with us, and that just makes for a better show overall, even for us. Um, so it's been amazing. Uh, we're heading to the US uh, to start in Minneapolis, and we have about a two week run in the US before taking another break. Uh, and then going back out to Western Canada to go to Saskatoon for the Junos, and then continue onwards through Western Canada.
0: Perfect how it kind of ties into itself with the Junos. And yeah. The, yeah. yeah,
1: it's worked out.
0: Yeah, so um, given the fact that we're uh, it's still early in the year, uh, I know you have the record coming out and still currently on tour. How do you guys see the rest of the year uh, panning out for you guys? What's uh, something on the horizon?
1: Well, definitely, you know, more touring. Uh, Festival season is right around the corner, so we'll definitely be playing some of those. Um, And then we're going to be releasing this album, uh, hopefully in the summertime, is what we're hoping to do uh, for like a June or a July release. But again, those things can change. Um, But yeah, just more touring. Definitely want to head back to the UK and Europe as well. Um, We had a great time over there and felt like we really made some headway there with, with our fans and, I'd like to return and continue doing that um, and then other than that really it's just writing you know I, I still enjoy writing music even when we're on the cusp of releasing an album because I feel like you know you can never really have too much content so yeah um, yeah it's gonna be a mix of those three things I think the very typical musician thing of writing touring and yeah recording
0: For sure, I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation Uh, thank you for talking to us with Studio One Uh, we wish you all the best of luck Uh, I'm very happy for you to get the Junos just because I know what it feels like to finally feel recognized for what you're doing so congratulations on that and uh, definitely keep it going appreciate it man, thanks for talking thank you Studio One